Well, most of them were not, I would say, um, our regular attendees at Sunday school. They were, they were people who, for some reason, felt a sense of disconnect. They didn't really want to come often to Sunday school. Um, and so I was curious to hear what they had to say. And, and, and the thing that I was getting from them is not so much that they weren't struggling with faith. They were. And, and they wanted to have a voice, and they wanted to be heard, and they, and they also wanted to learn and to, to grow in faith. And as we were having this conversation and I pressed them a little, a, a little more about their experiences here and in other Christian groups, one of them said something to me um, that still sits with me. It's six months later. He said that he and others like him were looking for a more authentic Christian experience more authentic. In today's gospel, we have the exchange between Pilate and Jesus. And naturally, when we read this, we tend to put the emphasis on Jesus and his kingship. In fact, today is the last Sunday after Pentecost, also known as Sunday of Christ the King. Therefore, we can see why we have this particular passage uh, from Revelation today and why we wound up with the collect Uh, King of kings, Lord of lords, and why we have this gospel today. Our worship today, even in the music, reminds us where our allegiance is supposed to lie. We are subjects of no one else but Christ. And so it's natural for us today to focus on Jesus when we read this passage. But what about Pilate? A church historian once noted a certain irony about the Christian confession. He pointed out that in the Christian message of all the famous ancient Romans, Julius Caesar, Cicero, Virgil, none has achieved nearly nearly the universal name recognition as Pontius Pilate. Pilate was an obscure provincial governor, but he and the Virgin Mary and no other human beings have their names recited every day all over the world in our creeds. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. And so we have this repetition each time we say the creeds. And, and we are able at, on some level to point at Pilate and, and, and shift the focus away from ourselves and take the spotlight off ourselves and not and shift the blame to Pilate. But if we look closely at this passage, at what's going on in the story, maybe we can identify a little bit with him. Pilate, on one level, views himself as a very important man. He's the most powerful man in Jerusalem, and he represents this great hyperpower in the world at the time. And he reveals this view about himself in a dialogue he's having with Jesus prior to what we hear today saying, do you know I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? On another level, Pilate is trapped. He's stuck in this outpost, in a spot that is not exactly the epicenter of the the Roman Empire. He has to maintain order over a group of Jewish people he does not like. Representatives from these people pose him with a problem. They claim Jesus is calling himself king and is not loyal 
to the empire, and so by Roman law, must be killed. What can Pilate do? If he ignores them, if he ignores those over whom he has control, and he ignores them for the sake of just showing them who's boss, he risks losing control over those people. Perhaps he risks being removed by his superiors at home, which put him there to keep order. If he does what his subjects want, he acknowledges that he does not have complete control over them. The tail that wags the dog. So what is really driving this trial of Jesus? Does Pilate think Jesus is guilty? Or is he trying to keep control? Perhaps Pilate could not bring himself to acknowledge the truth in front of him. Or the reality of what is churning inside of him. Perhaps there's a little Pilate in us too. Maybe we feel trapped between the life we live and the life we want. Maybe we feel stuck trying to move from who we are to who we are created to be. Maybe we do not feel completely free to live as Christ were really our king or as Christ were really a present reality in our lives. What's holding us back? Maybe it's a fear of losing our livelihoods, losing our way of life, which keeps us quiet. So we keep going along to get along. Maybe it's a possible loss of status or relevance in certain groups that keeps us quiet. Perhaps it is a fear of risking relationships, losing people we care about if we reveal what we really see. If we say how we really feel about our faith, about how our faith informs our lives and how it informs what we see happening before us every day. Or perhaps it's that overwhelming, sinking feeling that we cannot make a difference. A sense that we're alone and trying to think about change. And so we throw up our hands and check out. And we go quietly and just try to stay in control of the smaller things we think we can control. And then what happens? Perhaps we lose that authenticity that is so important to our faith. The voice of Christ which stirs within us in response to the many injustices we see every day begins to fall silent. That voice that seeks to shape our relationships with each other begins to grow silent. And I think that silence is what some of our youth may see. I think that silence is what many seekers see. And I'm not referring to all saints in particular, but to the church Catholic. Many seeking God in Christ see a disconnect, they sense a disconnect between what we say and how we interact with each other and how we interact with the wider world. But there's another side to this coin. Jesus, right up to the very end, gives Pilate a chance, an opportunity to take stock and see where Pilate stands and to see truth. Jesus gives Pilate the opportunity to speak the truth of Pilate's own life, to see the traps in front of him, and to recognize the truth in their present moment together. And this same invitation 
is in front of us even now, in front of all of us. It's an invitation to participate in something greater than self. It's the opportunity to participate in a community of believers, to participate in the body of Christ, where we are nurtured and restored by the Holy Spirit. And if we allow the work of the Spirit, if we embrace the body of Christ, we can be changed through prayer, through fellowship, formation, and a host of ministry opportunities right in front of us. Now, this is a bigger commitment for many people who already have very busy lives. And this change of way of being, of immersing ourselves in faith, that's a tough thing. It's a tough shift. Change is hard. But something happens when we embrace that commitment. When we make that choice, we become free. Free to make choices about vocation we may never have considered before. Free to stand up and name injustices when we see them without fear, knowing we have the support of a community to lift us up when others are knocking us down. We are free to leave the traps that have held us back for so long, knowing that we have the support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are free to build relationships based on love and respect. Free to live more in the way we were created to live. It's not a guarantee for a perfect life. We will not have a perfect life, but we can choose a life of integrity and authenticity. And this is the very life that so many of our youth are searching for, that so many seekers out there are looking for, and we can help them find it if we will only show them the way. We are about to have our youth from the Right 13 group stand and acknowledge the changes that are happening in their lives as they transition to adulthood. In this liturgy, we promise to uphold them in this transition and support them with our experience, our knowledge, and our love. They and many others need us to bear witness to the love of Christ by word and example. And we also need them to challenge us, to question us, and even teach us a thing or two about faith unhindered by those adult experiences which can cloud our way. And together, we can provide that authentic life in faith for the young and the old in our community and give reality to the words, Christ the King.